This is Expat Life with Molly and Helena, a podcast where we discuss life and experiences around the world. We have lived abroad for 20 plus years, and in total, that adds up to 11 countries in different parts of the world. This podcast tells the story about navigating life with an intention to inspire, share, support, and engage fellow expats around the globe. No matter where you live, we welcome you to be part of our community. Hi, I'm Helena, and I'm here with my wonderful friend and co-host, Malin. Good morning, it's nice to be back. It is. Easter is just around the corner. It is, and I'm uh, really excited. Uh, my son is coming today, and my brother is coming tomorrow. A full house again. Yes, and tomorrow you have some nice plans as well. Yes, my husband and I are going to Valencia, which is a city on the Mediterranean coast, and we're going to go for a paella by the beach. That sounds like a nice plan. And on Sunday, we are potentially starting a new tradition together. <laughs> we are, yeah. We are going to have a paddle tournament, and uh, that will be followed by a barbecue in the garden. Yeah, very much looking forward to it. With that, it's time to start the topic of today. And that is? That will be Easter traditions in Spain and in Sweden. Since we are in Spain, we thought it would make sense to start with what's going on here. Easter is an important holiday in Spain since being a, a Catholic country. And I have lived here now for 20 plus years, so I've experienced and witnessed quite a few celebrations within Spain. And it's really celebrated big time, isn't it? The celebrations in Madrid are marked by processions and music and uh, non-religious and also religious uh, traditions. And sometimes, uh, especially within Madrid, um, the, cl- the streets are closed off by, by traffic and uh, lots of celebrations going on, lots of uh, family celebrating and getting together. And it's really, it's really a nice time. My dad, he used to have a house in the southern part of Spain, and they did always go to Spain during Semana Santa, which is the week of the uh, Easter um, in Spain. And uh, they were really impressed by these processions. Oh, I can imagine. We were in the center last week, and it was actually Palm Sunday, and we witnessed the, the kickoff or the processions. It's, it's really, it was really nice. Especially with this weather as well. Oh, it was okay. lovely. Sit at the cafes and have a drink afterwards as well. Right. And talking about drinking, Easter is also a time for feasting and celebration. And a lot of uh, families are preparing traditional dishes such as torrijas, which is French toast. My kids, they used to love French toast when they were little. It was an excellent way to use old bread. Yes. And to get a sugar rush. Absolutely. Another traditional dish is uh, potaje de garbanzos. And what is that? That's a chickpea stew. That would work well with your plant-based diet, wouldn't it? Oh, yes. <laughs> but the lamb, which is another traditional dish, is not wouldn't really go with my plant-based diet. So, Helena, you have been living here since before your children were born. Have you embraced any of the Spanish traditions or how have you been celebrating Easter over the years? Having lived in several countries, you get a mix of traditions from different parts of the world. We have obviously embraced some Spanish traditions, such as watching the processions when the kids were younger. But I must admit that um, it has been a mix of traditions. One of my favorite ones is the American Easter egg hunt. I remember vividly when my kids were younger and uh, we participated or they participated in the Easter egg hunt in the Retiro Park, which is the biggest park in Madrid. 
keep in mind that that was like 20 years ago. So, and uh, you didn't have a lot of American influence at the time. So we were the only ones doing the Easter egg hunt in Retiro and people were really looking at us. <laughs> I can imagine people were surprised. Yeah, that must have been a new concept to them. When we lived in Abu Dhabi, we also celebrated um, in the American way with the Easter egg hunt. I don't know why, actually, because our friends, they were also non-Americans. Uh, but for whatever reason, that's how we did it there. Yeah, I think you embrace traditions uh, from all over the world, don't you? Exactly. You pick up what you like. <laughs> uh, so we were uh, there, you know, at the Easter, at the Easter day, uh, celebrating together, having dinner. And um, after dinner... Um, the adults went down to put out the Easter eggs in the common areas. So we told the kids that the Easter bunny had been in Abu Dhabi as well. And then we went down uh, to collect eggs. So what happened? The kids, they started to look for the eggs. And all the plastic covers were there, you know, so they found the plastic eggs. But when they opened them, they were all empty. No way. Yes. <laughs> Then we saw in the back of the garden, uh, the gardeners who were out working, uh, looking at us. I think they had a really good time enjoying the chocolate. So, uh, you know, they for sure deserve those. <laughs> what a story. Yes. The kids were a bit disappointed, but, you know, it was a good lesson in sharing, I think. In the end, it, uh, you know, ended well. We went to the store, bought some new chocolates and the kids were happy. Back to you, Helena. <laughs> so I think with, especially with children you build traditions over time I don't know if you agree with that yes I would absolutely agree on that um, there are traditions that we are maintaining but uh, there are also new things that we are doing these days yeah so some of the traditions that we had at home um, obviously some of them came from my childhood but also uh, from the, the Scandinavian school that my kids attended here in Madrid I guess that's one of the benefits of having your children attending a school system that originates from your home country. My children haven't done that, so we don't have that experience. But you could you know, embrace the Swedish culture. Right. That's actually one of the reasons why we chose the school, uh, for the values and for the traditions, for the culture. So Sweden has a, a mix of non-religious and religious traditions. Can you tell us a little bit more about uh, some of them, Molin? One of my favorites is um, the Easter witch tradi tradition. Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> it is. Uh, and that is for sure not a religious one. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> that stems from a myth uh, where uh, witches uh, were flying to an island called Blokula. And there they were gathering with the devil uh, to have a feast. Nowadays, the tradition is slightly different, um, and uh, it's celebrated in a nicer form, I would say. Children uh, of both genders, they dress up, uh, oftentimes with a big skirt from their mom, and an apron, and a cloth on their head, and also lipstick, uh, red lipstick on the cheeks, so you look really healthy. <laughs> and then you take your broom, and then you walk around to uh, the neighbors, wishing them a happy Easter. Oftentimes, the children have made some Easter cards um, that they give to the neighbors as well. I, I guess, I mean, in, in a sense, it's similar to what you do at Halloween. Children also receive some candy, no? 
Yes, normally you get get one or two pieces of chocolate and then you continue, then you come home um, and then you share the goodies between the children. As a child, I used to do it together with my brother and I really enjoyed it. It's also really nice because we have been celebrating Easter in Sweden in our summer house. Uh, and that means that my children have been able to continue with this uh, tradition, at least when they were younger. They don't do it any longer. <laughs> well, it's nice when you can maintain the old traditions, no? But we have many more traditions. Yes, one of my favorite ones is the Easter twigs or Easter tree called Postkris in Swedish, which is basically a bunch of twigs or thin branches that are decorated with colorful feathers and decorations. It's said to symbolize the arrival of spring and is very popular in, in many Swedish homes. You can basically find it in every single home, don't you say? Yeah, I think so. Um, and it's like a spring tree version of the Christmas tree, uh, but obviously a lot smaller. Yes, and, and do you know the background to these uh, twigs, branches that you collect? No, I don't. I did a little bit of reading and I found that uh, you collected these branches and then you whip yourself uh, or your children on the Good Friday to remind children about the suffering. So that is also a tradition that I think is nicer today. <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard that one before. <laughs> That's what I read. <laughs> Another lovely tradition uh, which we do in Sweden is to paint the eggs. Um, and basically you, you boil the eggs uh, with the shells on, of course, and then uh, you let them cool down. And after that, you, normally the family sits down uh, to paint the eggs. Did you do that as well? Yes, we did, uh, using watercolors. Watercolors, we oftentimes, that was probably a better idea, because we oftentimes used those marker pens, and they, <laughs> the eggs were really colorful, but it also then colored on the actual egg. So when you then peeled it off, we then had to eat those colors. I'm not sure how healthy that was. <laughs> that was too funny. Yeah, just like in many other countries, uh, eggs are, are an important part of the holiday celebrations. And apparently um, the consumption of eggs more than doubles during Easter. That's a lot of eggs. Is there anything else that we eat in Sweden? Yeah, so the typical meal includes traditional dishes uh, such as pickled herring, cured salmon and lamb, of course. Do you know that in Sweden we are also kind of world champions in our candy consumption during Easter? Really? Well, yeah, I can imagine, actually. Yeah, we have a big pick and mix culture. You know, you pick the candy yourself. And I read that uh, on average, a Swede eats 1.5 kilograms of candy during the Easter days. Oh, my gosh. That's crazy, isn't it? With that, it's uh, time to wrap up for today. But before we do so, uh, after having shared some of our traditions, Helena, uh, do you have any takeaway that you would like to share? I do believe that traditions are important. However, I've noticed that sometimes you need to, to pivot your traditions a bit. As traditions, they need to grow, evolve, and, and, and change uh, a little bit over time. Um, what worked with, with young children may not work with children that are a little bit older, for example. And also, what worked in one country may not work in another country. But uh, to me, traditions are also something uh, to look forward to. Um, and also something to look uh, back on. Another important thing is I think it gives you a sense of belonging and a, sen a sense of identity. 
I fully agree with you, Helena, that that identity is really important. Passing on some of, um, you know, your own culture um, has for me also been really, really important. Uh, My kids, they have never lived in Sweden. And yet we maintain many of the traditions for that very reason. So they know that they belong in Sweden somehow. But then also, just as you say, then embracing new things along the road. With that, uh, we would like to wish everyone a happy Easter and a nice continued Ramadan. This is Expat Life with Molly and Helena. Thanks so much for joining us on this adventure. We would love to hear from you, so please leave your comments and questions on Instagram. Expat Life with Molly and Helena. Mm-hmm.